walk through the Word this morning is something that the Lord laid on my heart. Just um, How many are familiar with, um, I think there's uh, it's, it's labeled like in Christ realities and things of that nature. Just the scriptures throughout the Gospels, throughout the, sorry, the New Testament that point to the in Christ realities. We are new creations in Christ Jesus and some have books on it and I've done messages on it, but something this is going to be something similar to that. I was just sitting on the couch, just spending some time with the Lord, and whatever prompted this thought, I just started going down that road of, of what we were prior to our life in Christ and who we are, who I am in Christ now. And it, kind of the same type of thing. Um, we're going to be going through a lot of Scripture today. You're going, to almost, you're going to probably think by the end of this that you've read the whole Bible. Maybe. That's just a warning to you, but um, listen fast, because uh, I'll try not to... We'll take a little walk through this, uh, but uh, might might be some speed walking. I don't know, but I'll try to maintain a, a comfortable speed. But uh, we're just going to see some some truths here um, as we go through the Word and just who we were. How many of you can forget? How many know you can forget where God's brought you from? Sometimes you can forget that we were in a bad place. I, I know that those stories vary as many people as there are. Those stories vary. Maybe you're not where you want to be right now, but you're not where you were, and that's something to be grateful for. I'm grateful for that. I'm not where I was or where I started out or, or whatever, and I'm not my past, but I'm a new creation in Christ. We can feel like old creations sometimes, but we're always new creations in Christ Jesus. Um, so let's get started. Um, we're going to get started in Ephesians 2. Verse 1 says, And he made alive, and you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So we were dead. Obviously not physically, but spiritually we had a death problem. And that is, how many knows that's the number one thing a person needs in this life is to be raised from spiritual death to that new life in Christ. And at 13 years old as a kid, scared out of my wits that Jesus was coming back and I was going to be left behind or whatever. I think my mom had this planned out with him. It's like, here, let's do this and see if it gets his attention. But 13 years old, I cried out to Jesus. I saw my need for a Savior. And I hit the floor, both knees, and cried out to Him. And guess what? He made me new. He gave me new want-tos. I, I, didn't, I haven't screwed up since. That's funny, right? Ha! You'd have never thought I got saved how much I screwed up. But... How many knows we're a work in progress, right? But uh, we're complete in Christ at the same time. So God is good. And the good thing is He never gives up on us, right? So let's go to verse, uh, I'm sorry, verse 4 of this uh, same chapter. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and, and raised up, us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How many knows that's the best seat in the kingdom? Right next to Jesus? Amen? We're seated in heavenly places. We can forget. We can forget that. If you knew that, if you know that truth, how many knows that you can forget that looking at the craziness all around you? But like Pastor Chad reminded us, we're, we're citizens of the kingdom of God. We're citizens of heaven. We have dual citizenship. We're citizens of heaven. We have authority 
because we are citizens of heaven on this earth to walk all over the enemy, right? He had his teeth knocked out and his everything broken anyway. So, But uh, sin is slavery. Some people think throughout the world, I want to be free, I want to do what I want to do, and little do they know, they're just enslaved to maybe some sin. Let's go to Romans 6 and look at that. Romans 6.20 says, For when you were, when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. And sin is deceiving, isn't it? Everybody knows that. And people who are deceived, what? They don't know that they're deceived, right? There are some things I didn't know I was deceived about that I believed. And one day the lights turned on and we probably all have a level of that story in our life, but um, we were slaves to sin and free in regard to righteousness. I'm going to actually read uh, a passage out of the message, the same passage. It kind of clears things up. But, uh, you know, our, we, we're free in regard to righteousness. So when we, were, when we were slaves to sin, before we were adopted into the family of God in Christ Jesus, and um, we had no obligation to be, do anything righteous. You know that outside of Christ, your righteousness is as filthy rags, it actually says. We won't go into the description of that, but our righteousness is nothing. That's why we needed His righteousness. At the cross, that great exchange, right? Our sin for His righteousness. And that's great news. That's beautiful news. When I heard somebody say that for the first time, it really just lit a fire on the inside of me thinking, my God became sin. My, my Jesus, who is God, became sin for me. All of sin, for all of time, for all of humanity, was placed on Him. He never committed sin. And yet He became it. I never committed righteousness. But somehow I became it. His righteousness. I gained right standing with God the Father through Jesus. And that's such good news. So now how, we're going to get into the no condemnation part. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I want to read this passage in Romans. It's, it's in the message. and It does a great job. Romans 6, we'll go 20 through 23. It says, as long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? A dead end. But now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise. A whole, healed, put-together life right now with more and more of life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus our Master. And that's just a, everybody knows the, the typical translation. You hear that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen? I just thought that was a great um, translation, paraphrase. We know the message, but um, he does a great job there. Let's jump to Ephesians. For you were, Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And Psalm 119, 105 says, what's the best way to walk in light? 
to get one one way is to get light, and that light comes from His Word. Psalm one nineteen and one hundred five. His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Amen. How many knows it ain't over? Like I just mentioned, um, receiving Jesus as a thirteen year old kid. Nobody told me, hey, you got to renew your mind. You got to renew your thinking. I didn't have much thinking going on at 13, I don't think, but the, the frontal cortex wasn't connected yet. But, so I didn't have that cause and effect thing going on. But still, as soon as we step into the kingdom, it's, no matter how old you are, we have to renew our mind to be transformed into, into who He has called us to be. And that as we renew our mind, as we give ourselves to the Word, as we allow it to be that lamp to our feet, that light to our path, we'll start seeing ourselves the way He sees us. We'll start seeing others the way He sees them. Not as a bunch of rotten scoundrels, but no. People who Jesus came to rescue, just like you, when you were a rotten scoundrel. I know I was a rotten scoundrel. Anyways, let's go to... Colossians 1, Colossians 1, 21 and 22 says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of the flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Who once, let's go back in, in the beginning of this, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind. In your mind. It, I, I thought immediately when I read that part, I'm thinking about those people, and Pastor Chaz joked about it, you know, those people that'll, I'm not going to that church, the roof might cave in, or lightning might strike, or whatever. They're in their own mind. People can walk through their life thinking God's mad at them. Well, those are, they must have not heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that he's not, he's not holding their sin against them because it was paid for in Christ Jesus, right? And, and I think the first service, it was the first service this, this church body ever had. Pastor Chet said, he's not even in a bad mood. And people think he's up there with a stick just waiting to whack him in the head, right? But no. And alienated enemies in your mind. That, that says a lot right there. And the New Living Translation, in the end of that verse, where it says, above reproach in his sight, that says, as you stand before him without a single fault. As we, and that, that's, that's a beautiful word picture that we have the privilege and honor to come before our Lord. And He sees us pure and holy because of Jesus, because of that shed blood. And He does not see a single fault with us. Does that mean we don't make faults? Does that mean we don't make mistakes? No. He sees us in Christ. He sees us that continual cleansing of the blood of Jesus. We, whether you feel like it or not, your feelings have nothing to do with it. I'm, I'm going with the truth. I'm not going with your feelings. I'm not going with my feelings. I'm not going with my emotions. I'm not going with how I feel one moment to the next. i got to keep my eyes on the truth that reminds me of who I am. And then again, we're, we're kind of just starting out who we were prior to entering, taking that step into the kingdom. Let's look at some, some truths as, as new creations in Christ Jesus. And we're going to start that in 1 Corinthians 6, 11. It says, but you were washed. 
but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. In the Amplified Classic Version, it says, but you were washed clean. That means purified by a complete atonement for sin and made free from the guilt of sin. And you were consecrated. That means set apart or made holy. And then you were justified, pronounced righteous just by trusting in Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus and in the Holy Spirit of our God. And when I, every time I see that word justified, I hear Joyce Meyer. I'm sure, I don't know who coined it, but it was great. That word justified means just as if I'd never sinned. Isn't that wild? That, that, that's how the Father looks at you. That's, that's His relationship. And I'm going to pull out a, a great statement made by somebody I listened to in a little bit on that same kind of uh, topic. Uh, let's go to Colossians 3. Colossians 3. One, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. That's where we're sitting, right? We're sitting, we're seated in high and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you were raised with Christ. Colossians 2.12 says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And in Galatians 2.20 it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So we were crucified with Christ, but that's not where He left us. We were also raised together with Him in newness of life. And that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead, the power of the Spirit, indwells our mortal body and makes it alive. It's not a one-time experience. It's a You are supercharged with the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you. That resurrection power is permeating your very spirit. It's, it's alive in you, whether you feel it or not. This is the truth. And again, we're just walking through some great, great truths of you were and you are. We're going to get to you are in just a minute. Let's go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says, In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth. I heard that word one day and I, I trusted. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. And I'm not sure how Andrew says that. I think he says we're vacuum sealed or vacuum packed with the Holy Spirit. We're sealed. I looked up those words in, in, the, in the Greek, in the Strong's Dictionary, or Strong's Concordance in the Greek. That word um, sealed is sfragito. It's a funny name. It says to stamp with a signet or a private mark for security or preservation. And then that word is from another Greek word, uh, sphragis, and that is also a signet 
as fencing in or protecting from misappropriation. By implication, the stamp impressed as a mark of privacy or genuineness. A mark of pri- We are genuine, genuine, blood-bought children of the Most High God. We have been sealed of Holy Spirit. Sealed with Holy Spirit. That's good. You could probably sit and think about that for a while. <laughs> Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And just like I know back in the day it was more common than, than now, but you know, people used to save stamps and whatever and collect whatever for dime stores and things. And yes, I know what it, I've heard that term dime store. I used to go, Ben Franklin, right, was a dime store. But you could redeem things, and I'm sure you all know what that is, but you redeem it. You take in that thing which you saved up and you redeemed for whatever you wanted. And, and one day, we're sealed with Holy Spirit. He's coming back to redeem us completely. Our physical bodies are going to be made new. And that is exciting. Let's look at 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2.24, this is a famous one. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. And Isaiah 53.5 says, by his stripes we are healed. Were is what? Past tense, right? You might not feel it. You might not see it. It might look opposed to what you're reading here, but that's the truth. The truth is, by his stripes, you were healed. He's not going to take any more stripes. He took the stripes. And I was sharing this with somebody not too long ago, but that, those 39 stripes, you know, and I heard somebody say this, and it kind of just stuck, and I, I repeat it a lot, but um, there's 39 categories of sickness and disease. Isn't that interesting? And uh, he, he covered it all. Even in back when it talked about the sickness and disease and Deuteronomy where it talks about the curse and the blessing and what we've been redeemed from. And, and he said, even stuff that's not named in this book, you've been, been taken care of, been covered, been redeemed. So you've been redeemed from the curse of sickness. Amen? Let's go to Matthew and see what Jesus says about us. Jesus is about ready to say something about you, and I'm going to remind you what that is. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. Do you feel like a light? All right. You are the light of the world. Jesus said it, so I believe it. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You are the light of the world. Jesus said he was the light of the world. And then before you know it, he's saying, you are the light of the world because he lives in us. And how many knows the kingdom of God is expanding at an exponential rate? And if we're the light of the world, that means the light gets more spread out. Yeah, it just spreads, right? That's a lot of light going on. And we got the best kingdom. And uh, the enemy can't do anything about it. You can just laugh in his face. But you're the light of the world. So go wherever you go, whether you've got a nine-to-fiver or whatever, you can be light in that place. You can show them 
what true life, true living is all about in Christ Jesus. Uh, as you allow him to just flow through you, out of you, rivers of living water flowing out of your innermost being. Amen. Let's go back to First Peter to read about just how precious you are. Just how precious you are. First Peter 2, 9 through 10 says, But you are God's chosen treasure. And he is speaking that to you individually this morning. I don't care how, maybe you just feel rotten. Maybe you just, you just feel like you don't measure up. But believe the truth. You are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would be so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now, this is my favorite part, but now you are drenched with his mercy. And mercy, we're drenched in God's mercy. His goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. It says in Psalm 23, right? Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I can't get away from it. I'm drenching it. Mercy is what? You don't get what you deserve. A cop showed mercy to my son the other day. We'll leave it at that. But thank you, Lord. I saw, I got the little Stock 5000 app or whatever. You look on your phone, see where your kids are. Oh my gosh, what's he doing? Some sitting idle somewhere that didn't look normal. I'm like, oh, he must be picking up something off the side of the road to resell on Facebook Marketplace or something. Little did I know, the long arm of the law reached out. <laughs> it ended good. No, no violations. He's not here today. <laughs> yeah, he's not here today. No, he's on. He's at uh, hanging out at a cabin. Anyways, so that's mercy. He didn't get what he deserved. He he could have, you know. We've all been there, right? All right. But yeah, we are drenched with God's mercy. So Colossians 1.13 says, The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Thank you, Lord, that we no longer live in a kingdom of darkness, but we're in a kingdom that's lavished with love. That where love dwells. Love is supreme. The Son of His love. And we are his brothers and sisters. Let's go to Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we, this is you, whether you feel like it or not, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We all know that we're not saved by good works, right? But we, according to this verse, are saved for good works. For good works. And uh, Jesus even said in the Gospels that, you know, if you don't look at my works, he basically, this is me paraphrasing, if you don't believe me, believe the works that I do. And uh, his, Jesus is, is, was, is the perfect representation of the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And Philip had to be told that when he asked, show us the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So 
as we see God's will on display in the life of Jesus. Amen? And I want, I want that to be said of me. You can see God's will on display through my life. I want to see it on display in your life as we follow him. He said, the, the works that I do, greater works will you do because I go to my Father. And we have the same Spirit, right? We have the same Holy Spirit that dwelled in Jesus, that he was led by. And uh, we see that in action all throughout the Gospels. We see that in action all throughout the epistles and in the disciples' lives, just how God ordered their steps and Jesus was on display through their lives, just like he can be on display through our lives, whatever that looks like. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. It says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So we are a mobile temple of Holy Spirit. If you ever felt unworthy, consider this verse. Would God come into an unworthy vessel to live in? We live and move and have our being in Him. I looked up, I know I'm, I'm kind of breezing over this one area. I was like, have I ever read that before? Um, I mean, I'm not going to go off on that, but I thought it was interesting. It says, God, right in the end of that verse, it says, God will destroy him. If anyone defiles the temple, I'm like, what defile? So I looked that word up. The word defile and the word destroy are the same Greek word. And it means, it, I looked it up in the vines, it says, um, means, meaning corruption. And it was that, that's used of marring a local church by leading it away from that condition of holiness of life and purity of doctrine in which it should abide. So that you can do your own study on that, but that, that word defile and destroy in that verse, um, it's, a, it's a meaning of corruption, to corrupt. And I, I mean, I just immediately thought of religion, bringing religion into things and, and pulling you away from grace, pulling you away from that finished work of Jesus. And, and it can mean so many things, but that's, that's where my mind went. But the, the point I want to drive home in this and just remind us that we are mobile temples of Holy Spirit. Um, we are not unworthy. Jesus made us worthy. We need to become God inside minded wherever we go. When we go into a store, God is entering into this store because He lives in me. When I go into a restaurant, when I go into work, when I go into my own house, God is in there. God is entering into this place with me. He is in me. He is indwelling me. And um, when we're mindful of that, I believe we'll see more manifestation of His goodness uh, flow out of our life and, and allowing Him to take the lead in those situations. Um, Martin Luther said, God doesn't love you because of your worth. You are worth. You are of worth because God loves you. Amen. You can't be good enough to earn any brownie points. Jesus earned all the brownie points we're ever going to need. We just get in on it, right? That covenant between the Father and Jesus, he, we were invited in. Let's go to Romans 8, verse 1. It says, So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the Anointed One. And the 
Revised Standard Version, you've heard this verse many times in a different translation. This is probably it. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's always now. How, when is now? Now is right now. I saw a clock once that instead of numbers, it just said now, 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 now. So now is always now. So right now, not, not a few minutes ago, but now, always now, it updates itself. There's never condemnation, right? Jesus said it didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that through me, the world might be saved. He, he came not to condemn the world. There's no condemnation. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit are in perfect agreement. So you're not going to have one pointing the finger at us in condemnation and not the other. No, we're never in condemnation. Do you know what that word condemnation means? It means unfit for use. So if you feel unfit for use, that's wrong. Amen? Unfit for use. I, I did. That was the first message I ever did on condemnation. No condemnation because it ruled me for a long time. And uh, I felt unfit for use. I actually felt like I, was, I reached a point where I was too far gone. I had disappointed God so much that he wrote me off, threw me to the side, and said, let's figure somebody else out. You're, you're not doing stuff correctly. But no, that was a lie from the enemy. But I just gave into that condemnation. And then one day, um, I got revelation that there's no condemnation. Amen? There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I'm never condemned. So if you ever feel condemned, you just say, shut up, devil. You're a liar. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have right standing with God. Don't you see me sitting here next to Jesus? Up here in the high and heavenly places? Um, Kenneth Copeland said, I made a reference to this a few minutes ago. But this, is, this was a beautiful picture of the love of our Father. He said, it is God's overwhelming desire to treat us as though sin never happened. Isn't that beautiful? His relationship, His desire of communion with you, He will never bring up your faults. He will never bring up your past. He will never bring up your mistakes or your shortcomings or even in the midst of a struggle. He's not going to bring it up. He's only going to encourage you. He's only going to keep speaking those things the desired end result. He created us all with that purpose. It's not going to go smooth, right? I mean, we can look at Paul's life. He, he was wrote three quarters of the New Testament. I would say smooth does not describe his journey in Christ. He, was, he went through some rough stuff, but somewhere in there he said, I have wronged no man. What? Wronged no man? You were throwing Christians in jail, having them killed? Stephen, the first martyr, people, you were okay and everything. They threw their cloaks at your feet. You, you wronged no man. He was speaking out of his new creation reality in Christ Jesus. God did not see his sin. God did not see his failures. He saw him in Christ. And that's, that's just beautiful. That's just beautiful. But that's God's desire. I'll say it again. It is God's overwhelming desire to treat us as though sin never happened. That is good news. Let's go to Colossians 2, uh, 9 through 10. It says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's talking about Jesus. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. 
So in Him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are in Christ. As a born-again believer, as a, as a child of the Most High God, you are in Christ. And there's some translations that say that that, that Godhead indwells you also. How can it not? If we're in Christ and Christ is in us, and that's why mentioned earlier about becoming God inside minded. And how many things do we lack in Christ? Nothing. We lack no good thing because He is our good shepherd. We are complete in Him, it says in this verse. And in Colossians, we're going to go to Luke, I'm sorry, Romans 6. I I looked at the word look in my notes and I said Luke. I mispronounced the word look. All right, Romans 6.14. Welcome to my brain. All right, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Amen. If you ever found yourself saying or thinking, I can't stop this, I can't get over this, I can't quit this, whatever it is, this verse right here says, sin shall not have dominion over you. We're not we're no longer slaves of sin from the earlier verses I was reading. We are freed from sin. Grace is actually an empowerment to live out a holy life. Grace is not just unmerited or unearned favor, it is living out the ability to live out that life that the Lord has called us to. 1 Corinthians 15:56 When I heard this first time Pastor Chad taught this over the years, and I'm like, what? I never heard that before. Did you just write that in the Bible? But 1 Corinthians 15, 56 says, the strength of sin is the law. That's where sin gets its strength, the law. And he painted a picture, he used an illustration of this, and I thought it was a great illustration, but I'm, I'm going to use a different one. Same thing, but I think about my childhood walking by this old, kind of abandoned place or whatever, and, and uh, we used to throw rocks at the windows. Anyways, so imagine, you know, a walkway, a wa- kids walk by it every day or whatever, and the same, they see the same building or whatever, it's got glass windows, and they don't think anything about it. And then you throw a sign up, somebody throws a sign up that says, do not throw rocks at the windows. What's going to happen? The law has just just made me aware of how much I want to throw rocks at that window. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Let's do that. So that's kind of a picture, a silly illustration of the law. I think Chad's was something about not spitting on flowers or something, but uh, putting a sign out in a flower bed or something. But uh, you know, you get close, and then you end up doing exactly what you're looking at. So. Uh, that's that, that's interesting. So if you never heard that, uh, that's in the Bible. Strength of sin is the law, and um, but grace, like I said, is the supernatural empowerment to live out a life holy, separated. Holy means just separated, set apart to God, right? And uh, and that's in you. So sin, no matter how much of a struggle, and and maybe it's been years, maybe it's just over and over, maybe it ebbs and flows in your life. But let this verse ask Holy Spirit to bring revelation to you that sin cannot have dominion over you. You are 
you are under grace, not under law. And that empowerment to live out just like Jesus. You know where to look like Jesus? I say this a lot, but in that scripture that talks about we're ambassadors of Christ, we're representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can literally look like Jesus on the earth. And that's, that's what he desires of us, to, is to walk that out. So um, speaking of 1 Corinthians, I read just now in the chapter 15, we're going to go there. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.30 It says, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. This is Jesus to us. And righteousness is making us upright, putting us in right standing with God. Sanctification, making us pure and holy. And redemption, providing our ransom from eternal penalty for sin. And this is who Jesus has been made to us. And in closing, we're just going to look at one last scripture. And actually, Pastor Chad's been, I think he's been uh, reading this in the series we're in um, about women, the gospel to women. But Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And talk about inclusive. Amen? Amen. There is, a, there is a unity in the body of Christ. And 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. Isn't that amazing? We are one spirit with Jesus. You know why He hates divorce? He doesn't like separation. He's never going to I don't know why I just said that, but He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. You are one spirit with Him. One spirit with Him. You can try to run. You're not getting away. <laughs> He's like, stretch Armstrong. He'll play right back in. So, as we open up today, just um, don't forget tomorrow is the, the celebration of Memorial Day and those who actually sacrificed it all. And, and I mean, we've just talked about um, the one who sacrificed it all. <laughs> really. Jesus. For us to be pulled out of that slavery of sin. And now we are new creations in Christ Jesus. And we kind of just walked uh, briskly through some scriptures again that just I just had a great time on the couch going through these scriptures, just really meditating on who I was prior to Christ. And we were enemies. Isn't it crazy to think that we, I love our God. The whole world, all of humanity was His enemy, and yet He came and became one of us and died a death on a cross for His enemies. He was dying for those who were crucifying him. At the same time, ask, asking, don't they don't know what they're doing? They don't know what they're doing. Don't lay this against them. And he took upon himself all that sin, all that evil of all of humanity for us. And that's amazing to be invited into such a loving Father's arms, into a family, into a kingdom, the kingdom of the Son of His love. And uh, I, I don't ever get tired of 
reading scriptures reminding me of who I am. Because I forget a lot, right? And that's the good news. That's part of the gospel, is reminding ourselves who we are. And it's been said more and more, more than once, more than a few times, but you know that Martin Luther, I have to hear the gospel every day because every day I forget the gospel. And uh, we need that constant reminder of who we are in Christ because sometimes we're so out of control, we don't even look like, I don't know, we don't look like we're supposed to look like, right? But there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the best thing you can do is not do what I did. When I felt condemned, I ran away as far as I could. I stopped being involved in my local church. I just, I was like, I'm not even worthy to serve here. I, I wasn't even taking communion. I did the opposite of what Pastor Chad mentioned earlier. I, when I took communion, I was looking at me and how what a screw-up I was instead of looking at the finished work of Jesus. And God, just like I said, He chased me down. He's like, boy, get over here. I'm going to smack some sense into you. And he, and <laughs> he didn't say it like that. I would have ran further. I, I need sweet talk. But, uh, but no, the Holy Spirit enlightened me to who I was. One day, when I read that, that truth on righteousness, that I was made right by Jesus' righteousness, I thought, when did they put this in the Bible? I've never seen this before. And then to come to find out, I went through a Bible school and there was a whole entire series on, whole entire course on righteousness. I'm like, oh, must have not been listening that day. <laughs> eh, that's crazy. Anyways, so we're going to close in prayer. And I, I pray that that's what, this just blessed you. Um, did you feel like you read the whole Bible today? I feel like I did. But, <laughs> but it's just a reminder of who you are. And, uh, and again, go out there and uh, I'll, I'll pray. And I'll bless the food that we're about to receive. Stick around, if, like Pastor Chad said, if this is the first time you're finding out about a meal after church, hang out, break some bread, break some pasta um, with us, and um, we'll be, hmm? Okay. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be dismissed. So let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we, we thank you that we are not where we were and uh, wherever that was, but you came and rescued us. We thank you for sending Jesus love displayed on a cross. We are new creations in Christ. No matter if we feel old or whatever, we are new creations, never under condemnation, never unfit for use, but we are worthy because You made us worthy. You loved us, You chased after us, and You won us, You rescued us, and we thank You for that. Lord, I just ask that You would just... Um, Remind us by your Spirit on a continual basis of who we are and help us to see ourselves the way you see us, that we may walk in those plans and those purposes that you have laid out before us, Lord, that we may just cross that race that we, have, we are running in a victorious fashion. And uh, we just thank you for um, the opportunity to get together, Lord, and break bread. And we just thank you for blessing that this meal to us, Lord, and and those who have uh, served and preparing it for us, Lord. And we just do not forget, Lord, those who have served uh, this great nation of ours. And um, we ask that you would just uh, wrap your arms around those, Lord, who, are, who have lost loved ones uh, to um, military service and in service to this great nation, Lord. 
even the civil service board or firefighters and police officers and, and uh, EMTs and, and all the like, Lord, those who put their lives on the line for us. Um, we just thank you and, and ask you that you would just bless those families, Lord, that there would just be a restoring of their hearts. Um, and uh, we just thank you for, for blessing us to be in this great nation that is free, um, that was truly founded uh, for you, Lord, to have a freedom to worship you. Um, and we just consider it an honor and help us to never take that for granted. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisnt.com.